Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up, people of the internet? Welcome back. I know this is a midweek episode, but it's a bonus episode. And it's another long-form episode. Do the air horns. That's right. That's right. We all love a long-form episode. Anyway, uh, we're back. We will have our regular scheduled programming at the end of the week, as usual. Um, But just wanted to peek in this little bonus episode for you guys. So, you guys excited? I'm very excited. Very excited. It's been a minute since we're getting the last one. Thanksgiving right now. Thankful for a long-form episode. Oh, yeah. I'm always thankful for a long-form episode. Always. So, to spice up this episode, there is trivia throughout. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You never know when you might hear (laughs) this sound. Okay. I think that's you, the trivia sound? That's the trivia sound, just like throughout the episode. Okay. It'll be happening throughout the story. Okay. Anytime that David mentions something, I might just play this. And there will be a trivia question that you guys have to answer. Okay. You will win something at the end. Oh, and this is not going towards our regular trivia <laughs> No, no, no. Because no, no. then David wouldn't episode. get it. Yeah, this is just, yeah. just for this episode. That was my chance to catch up. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you're, not the, you're not that far behind. <laughs> you will win something. But to spice it up a little bit, you guys are both starting with 20 points. Okay. And every time you hear, once again, this sound. Can I You can bet wager? points. Wager. You can wager points based on how confident you are about what was just being discussed. We hear the question. For- oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. we hear what's being discussed. We wager and then we hear the actual question of exactly. it. Exactly. Cool. So I'm pushing all in every time. <laughs> I'm pushing zero every time. <laughs> so David's talking, talking. He's telling a story, telling a story. And then all of a sudden, and you guys place your bets. David asks a question. And there we go. This is going to be like in school when the teacher calls and you're like, I just zoned out for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to be laser focused now. Yeah, yeah. Lasered in. You got to snap at me if he's <laughs> drifting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we're just going to get right into it. And as usual, in the way that we get into these things, we got to start with a lot of context. History lesson. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> okay. So we're diving, ba- we're diving back pretty far into the past. To start it off, do you guys know the website XDA Developers? Of course. I do. Yeah? Of course. What, what, is, what would you say XDA Developers XDA, is? XDA, man. I mean, that's kind of like the, for- the OG forums of... I mean, I associate it with Android, so... 
forums for developers, software, uh, ROMs, tweaking phones, all these types of fun things. I was I was I was much more in XDA back in I want to say like the 2009 to 2015 mm-hmm. sort of years. Yeah, so that era between Android being birthed and now and being what it is today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, that's right. Um, XDA currently and was before a very big roaming site. Um, for those who don't, don't don't know what it means, what roaming means, it's a website where you can go and you can take your devices that you're using on a day-to-day basis and dive really deep into modifying the software for those devices, right? Roaming is kind of a weird term, right? Because ROM stands for read-only memory. And, um, you know, you're installing a custom ROM. You're not like installing custom read-only memory onto your device. It doesn't really make sense. But it's just basically a term that came about because people are installing modified software onto the um, not actually read-only memory parts of their device, but it's just kind of a thing that came about because they were installing things to a place where you're not meant to modify the software, the the storage. That's Mashal Rahman. Uh, He wrote for XDA for a very long period of time, and he's kind of known as the guy around the internet who digs into Android code and finds all the new features and stuff. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, you guys probably have met him before, right? I don't know if I've met him, but I'm, I've definitely seen that work yeah. where every time there's a new version of Android code that drops, somebody's gone through the code and found the newest references to things and it becomes an article for every feature. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. I feel like I know XDA much more nowadays as the website that people like him post the real nitty gritty of things. And yeah. I'm sure we've talked about stuff he's written yeah. dozens of times. Definitely. On the he before. does really deep dives into yeah. Android stuff. Do you guys actually know what XDA in XDA developers is supposed to refer to? This feels like a trivia question. Uh, I was waiting for the sound. <laughs> uh, is just, it really? No, it's not true. Oh, okay. <laughs> D, does D stand for developer? No, because um, that would be two no. developers twice. Yeah, I don't know. What does it stand for? Does X stand for xylophone? No. <laughs> That's all I got. Do you have any guesses or no? I have zero guesses. Okay. So XDA is actually relating to the O2 XDA. O2 is a telecommunications carrier in Europe. And they had these like PDAs that they called XDAs because they were like extra or cool. I don't know. Okay. You sub out anything with X and it just sounds a lot cooler. <laughs> of so course, XDA yeah. was PDA, but with an X. Yeah, PDA, but with an X. Okay. Yeah. It was very much like an early form of the smartphone. Like we don't necessarily consider those devices smartphones. They were PDAs, even mm-hmm. though personally, I think that we should call smartphones now PDAs because they are personal digital assistants more than they are just smart versions of phones. Yeah, that's funny because now we the phone part is the least the least the, used yeah, part. The least used, yeah. Yeah. So these people want to mess around with these XDA phones, right? They were these early PDAs that were a lot different from modern smartphones, mostly because they were like really closed down. They all ran Windows Mobile and yeah. it wasn't very modifiable. So these people wanted to modify them. So they're just like tweaking and trying to get performance benefits out of it. And this group kind of comes together to start sharing all of these tweaked kernels and ROMs that they're making, right? Speaking of which. All right, Adam. Play the music. Trivia question number one. In 2003, this group of XDA developers started tweaking around with their XDA phones, adding features and all this stuff. What European city was this happening in? A, London. B, Barcelona, C, Oslo, or D, Amsterdam? I guess I would, I would like to wager five of my points. I would like to wager... Do I get to hear the question again? Because I already forgot like, all the yeah, answers. Okay. Yeah. I'll wager five. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Are we pointing to the camera? 
All right, flip him and read. What do you got? I said Oslo. I said Barcelona. To both. (laughs) Dang it. The answer was D, Amsterdam. Oh. All right. So now you both have 15 points. (laughs) Okay. All these little XDA developers get together in Amsterdam, and they're modifying their Windows Mobile PDAs, which they call XDAs. And they figure, we can't be the only ones that want to do this, right? There's got to be a lot of people. There's a lot of nerds on the planet that have these PDAs. And they're probably also modifying them, and none of us are talking to each other, right? It's almost like the Secret History of the Internet episode where everyone realized they could be talking to each other. Yeah. Yeah. And f- and like learning more because one, everyone's doing separate things and getting to there. If right. you can skip the first five steps. Exactly. Because someone's done it already. You could share information. Yeah. So they decided to launch this website called XDA Developers, a site to okay. mess with software and all this stuff. This ended up being a huge hit really fast. They grew to 100,000 members in three years, which is wild. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is just... The O2 XDA phones. Wow. One carrier, one type of, oh, of like PDA, yeah. and they get to 100,000 people that want to tweak their devices in three years. That's actually kind of incredible. Right? And back in the day, too, that's a lot. Yeah, that's between 2003 and 2006. Okay. Yeah, which is wild. <clears throat> now, all of these XDA devices were made by one company. Um, this company called High Tech Computer Corporation. That's a horrible name. Is it? High-tech computer. They should, they should rename it. I mean, maybe it is a good name. It's just very literal. Maybe they should, like, shorten it. What's the acronym for that? Maybe, like, high-tech. High Wait, hold on. Let me, let me try. What was high-tech computer. HTC, <laughs> baby! Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Okay, so they shorten it. This is, <laughs> is that what that means? Mm-hmm. High-tech mm-hmm. computer corporation. HTC is way better. <laughs> without ever pretending that that's what it meant. Yeah. For the nerds out there, uh, HTC doesn't really make phones anymore, but they have made some of the best smartphones of the era. So, yeah. Really, really old school HTC stuff being made back then. Yep. Um, This kind of showed the scale at which people wanted to modify their devices, right? There's this quote from Bill Joy, who is the co-founder of Sun Microsystems, that all the smartest people don't work for us. They work for somebody else. And XDA kind of showed that was the case, right? Because they were launching these, well, XDA developers showed that was the case because they were launching these XDA PDAs and these people were just adding all these features on top and they were just like making them run faster and they were making them do this. And it's like, why couldn't the company just do that? Mm Because they don't have all the smartest people Mm. who are the most excited. In the background of all this, in the background radiation of Silicon Valley, there's a man named Rich Miner He's working at Orange Ventures. Um, And if you don't know, Orange is another telecom company Mm -hmm. uh, in Europe, similar to like Verizon or AT&T. And Rich's company at the time was called Wildfire Communications. It was this very early form of basically Siri. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know about this company? You seem like you know about this company. This might be a total coincidence, but there was a phone called the The HTC HTC Wildfire. Wildfire. Is that have anything to do with this i don't know okay oh. <laughs> that's the only reason <laughs> that's a total coincidence. sounded familiar i, I like, doubt okay, it wildfire okay. I, I doubt it um yeah like crazy enough the wildfire ended up being what a lot of people consider like the godfather of siri it was a very early hmm. digital assistant hmm. um from 1994 voice-based assistant oh 94 which is crazy Series had that long and still sucks this best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, Wait, but, David, not to interrupt you, but I can come in with a confirmation that the HTC Wildfire is not named after Wildfire yeah. Communications, but in the most 2011 turn of events ever, it was named by a Facebook poll. <laughs> Oof. 2011, man. What a time. What a time. So Rich sells Wildfire Communications to Orange, um, and he became an Orange employee. And they bought it because they wanted to offer this personal digital assistant, voice assistant, to their subscribers. Um Little fun fact, they shut it down in a couple of years because no one was using it. (laughs) But because he was acquired by Orange, he became this Orange employee and he quickly joined the Orange Ventures team. And uh, a lot of these big corporations have these venture arms that just allow them to like invest in other companies that would be good for the company, right? And over the next couple of years, uh, all of the sort of like smart PDA phones that are coming out are Windows mobile phones. And Windows mobile phones. And Windows mobile phones. Um, Somebody's got to do something about this. Yeah, exactly. And I just got a little worried when we were doing that because um, I felt like, boy, if, if Microsoft owns the mobile phone space, we're going to repeat some of the things that we saw in the laptop space where there's one word processor, one spreadsheet. Like It felt like we might not have an innovative platform if, if, if the platform is tight controlled. And so- That's Rich Miner. Uh, we got him on the phone for this story. Now, because Rich is working at Orange Ventures, um, he has the opportunity to invest in some companies for Orange, right? Because he kept seeing these Windows mobile devices pop up over and over and over again. He starts to get really interested in like device diversity of operating systems because he just didn't want the same thing that happened in personal computing where everything got consolidated to like You've got IBM and you've mm-hmm. got Apple and Windows releases Windows and you can only use one application. Like, it's just not a good time, right? Um, so he's like, okay, if these PDAs are like early smartphones are growing out, we need to make sure that there's a lot of competition. I don't just want to see 2.0 of the same thing. So he's at um, Orange Ventures and he gets in, he gets interested in projects like Sava JE. I think it's supposed to be pronounced Savage. Um, but it's a, it's an early like Java based OS for, for devices like this, Mm -hmm. basically any OS that could create richer mobile experiences that were already available. Um, and one of the companies that really caught his interest was this company called danger who made a device called the danger hip top also known as how much do you guys want to, how want to danger hip top? Yeah. The danger hip top. What was the other uh, more popular name for that device? You guys both have 15 points. I'll, I'll wager two points. Yeah, you can start wagering lower. Yeah, I'm wagering one point. <laughs> one point. All right. All right. You ready? What do you think it is? Danger, say it again. Danger Hip Top. What do I think it is? The yeah. more common name for the Danger Hip Top. Pretty sure this was already a trivia question. Is it really? <laughs> I don't even know what to... Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Flip them and read. Laptop. I just wrote laptop. And beeper. Nope. No. (laughs) Um, This is a device by a company called Danger, right? So it was also called the Sidekick, the T-Mobile Sidekick. (laughs) 
That was called the hip top? The hip top. I knew that. T-Mobile Sidekick 2 with phone, web, IM, and more. So Danger seemed like a cool uh, and smart choice to fund because they were doing something really new and cool, right? Like everyone really liked the sidekick. Did you ever, do you guys ever use a sidekick? I just saw them on TV all the time and I wanted one They so did bad. pop off. Weren't they like a T-Mobile exclusive or something? Yeah, T-Mobile sidekick. So. I never owned a sidekick, but I did get to try them and play with them in the little yeah. satisfying flip-up. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah. They, yeah. There were multiple generations of them. Um, there's a really awesome Mr. Mobile when phones were fun retrospective on the sidekick yeah. and sidekick one through like four, which mm -hmm. is really dope. You should watch that. Um, anyway, Rich decided he's going to invest in danger through Orange Ventures and he's working pretty closely with them. Um, because around that time, one of the guys that was running Danger was named Andy Rubin. Heard of it. Yeah. Mm. They had been building this OS for the Danger Hip Top or T-Mobile Sidekick because it had its own OS, this Danger OS. And it was cool. And the OS for the Sidekick was pretty innovative. Like, it was very different from all the, like, Windows mobile offerings at the time, you know? And so Danger decided, Andy at Danger was like, I kind of want to make another OS. And I don't know, it's probably one of those things where, like, you make one, you just want to make something else. You want to do it again and again and again, right? Mm -hmm. And so what was the OS that Andy was originally going to make supposed to be made for type of device? Marquez, you have 13. Andrew, you got 14. What was it supposed to be made for? I know this. How much do you guys want to wager? Two points. Two points? That's it? You really don't remember? No. <laughs> I don't. If this is multiple choice, I would get this. Oh, man, I have to go one point because I don't know it right now. Remember, it's Andy Rubin. Yeah. Do you All know, right. You know Andy Rubin. Yeah, right. Andy Rubin. Yeah, okay. Andy, a.k.a. Android Rubin. Yeah. <clears throat> Andy Rubin's the guy that produced the Beastie Boys. <laughs> what was it? What was Android for? I oh, no. Time's running down. No pressure. I know I'm wrong because he's thinking so hard and I'm guessing something very, like, what feels obvious. I'm gonna Flip hate him and read. Flip him and read. I hate hearing this out loud. I know it. I just wrote tablet. Did you write airplane? I wrote appliance. Oh. I don't remember. <laughs> I was, I hope it's on airplane. What um, was it? Okay. So we got this rich, rich minor quote. So Andy had this kind of idea of, of OSs for mobile devices. He actually started thinking about an OS for camera. He originally started thinking about making this OS for a camera. <laughs> yeah, me too. Ah, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he was like, oh, no, it should be about the phone. And I agreed, yes, we need an open OS for the phone. So I had invested in Danger as a part of the venture fund. I'd started at Orange, uh, talked to Andy about what he was doing with Android. And, and had my thesis about why I thought we needed and carriers needed and OEMs needed an open mobile phone OS as opposed to a, a tightly controlled mobile phone OS like we might get with Nokia, like you might get with Microsoft. Rich was like, yes, we definitely need an OS for phones, right? This is kind of an aside, but do you guys realize how much it sucked to be a, a developer back in the like PDA feature phone days? An OS developer or an app developer? An app developer. Mm, no. <clears throat> you couldn't just like upload your app to an open marketplace. You had to like go to individual carriers 
because a lot of carriers had oh, yeah. phones that only came out on that carrier, mm-hmm. like the O2 XDA or the T-Mobile Sidekick. So you had to make carriers. So you had to go to T-Mobile and you had to say, hey, we're building this app that does this thing. Do you think you could maybe put it on the T-Mobile Sidekick? Can we be bloatware, please? <laughs> yeah. And then T-Mobile, yeah, it would basically be bloatware. Oh. And then T-Mobile would be like, well, what's in it for us? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, it sucks. There's like no way to like, how are you going to be incentivized to build apps if that's the process that you have to go through? Mm-hmm. That's awful. So Rich and Andy are sort of also thinking about like, how do we like encourage development here? Because it sucks to have the, the carriers have all of the control. We really need to push this through. So Rich gets really hyped about Android because he's like, yeah, open OS. We should make an open OS. We should make this OS that doesn't just like, you don't build this OS for this particular phone that goes on a particular carrier. You build an OS that can be used on multiple things so that you don't just have HTC phones or you don't just have danger phones. You know, you can just make it for everything and everyone can just build their own apps and it all works and it's open source and all this stuff. Um, And so he gets hyped about this. He joins the Android team as a co-founder and they start getting uh, to work on Android for the next two years or so. In 2005, they're out trying to raise money for the company because they have to make money. So they're looking for their Series A. Um, and for those that don't know, when you're a startup, you can go around and get different rounds or series of funding. It's basically like, we're building this thing. Do you want to invest? Like, if you invest, it basically keeps us around because we have to pay our employees, mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, so Andy and Rich aren't actually look f- looking for Android to get like, acquired they just thought that it would be really dope to have this open os so they could go to hdc and they could go to samsung and they could go to lg and motorola and be like you guys should use our os and you can like pay us to use it licensing fees and stuff but android the company the os maker is a separate corporation they didn't really want to like be acquired they okay. just wanted to raise funding yeah. um and they ended up going to google to kind of see like you know if they could have a Google phone that used the Android OS, that would be pretty dope for their pitch deck because Google was a, already a huge company at this point in time. And they could go around and it would be a lot easier for like them to get Samsung or HTC or Motorola interested. And we actually found this YouTube video on the internet where Rich says... And, uh, and as we went out and started to pitch, we were happened to be at Google. Google was already funding um, the Mozilla open source project at that point in time. It was kind of this thing where like a lot of the companies were funding these open source projects because they didn't want like Microsoft or any of these other giant tech corporations to have all the ownership and stuff. Because if you fund open source, then there's a lot more competition and it's Mm -hmm. not all consolidated, Mm -hmm. right? So Google had been going around and already trying to like help open source kind of get underway. Um, So Google was like, yeah, no, you need some help with that. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to buy you. So things start moving really fast after that. Remember, this is still 2005, um, and Andy and Rich on the team are building the thing. There's actually a really great book by Chet Haas, um, I recommend, called Androids, the team that built the Android operating system um, that kind of details like the early years of them building this. But then, two years later, it's 2007. Do you guys remember what happened in 2007? I do. Do you want to wager that? Oh, just name something that happened. Just in name anything that happens in 2007. I'll wager all my points. What was what was the biggest thing that happened in tech in 2007? I'll wager everything I got. Marquez, you have 12, so you're wagering it all. I'm wagering 12. Andrew, you also have yeah. 12. How much are you wagering? Oh, 12. Uh, all right. Wait. They're going deep in. Are, you got it. You're going all for it. 
They're all in. They're all in. Let's see. If it would be a shame if I'm wrong because I don't have any points left. <laughs> yeah, what happens when if we're both at zero? I'll have to rethink the game on <laughs> the spot. Buy back in. I'll buy back in. <laughs> all right. Negatives. You ready? All right. Flip them and read, read, boys. Oh, thank goodness. iPhone. The iPhone. That's right, boys. An iPod. A phone. And an internet communicator. An iPod. A phone. Are you getting it? These are not three separate devices. This is one device. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today Apple is going to reinvent the phone. It's funny because when you a were talking about iPod. this before as like a revolutionary, how can we get more things developing for it or this market? I was like, wait, but we're getting pretty close to like the iPhone also. Yeah. Where does that come in? Okay. Yeah, right. So the iPhone gets launched. And Google's like, in the background, they're developing Android. They had been d developing Android for two years, but wow. yeah. So it was already <laughs> like in process. And they're like, okay, um, we need to turn up the heat because Apple just launched this major thing. And so the public beta of Android 1.0 launched on November 5th, 2007, which was like immediately wow. after. A couple months later. A couple yeah. months later. Yeah. Because they were like, it doesn't matter that it's not done yet. We just need to put out a beta for it so that people start developing for it hmm. because we need to get this in the hands of people and it needs to have an app store and all this stuff. Very googly thing to do. Yeah. And yeah. Send it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's actually kind of their like, motto in 2007. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what Apple is now doing with the Vision Pro. It's kind right? of what Google's doing with BART. Or um, what Microsoft's doing with We don't really GPT. you don't really build on top of BART though. I guess the whole oh it's it's kind of happening right now we need to send it oh yeah that okay, moment yeah yeah, Google, yeah true know? true but yeah I feel you yeah the Vision Pro thing is like this isn't out yet but we need apps when it is out so please develop now right right that's kind of what Google was doing because they didn't even have a device there was no Android phone yeah. you just had to do it on a computer yeah wow. you know so that launched on November fifth two thousand seven and the first official Android phone launched in September two thousand eight. And what was that phone? Mm -hmm. Everything I got. I'm just four. Andrew, I hear 24 points. No, You're risking it no, all. Four, four, I, four. I'm risking for 20 of my 24. There are two common Jesus. names for this device, and I will accept both. I'm going to be mad, mad if this is right, but... I think it's wrong. Hmm. I think right. I'm missing something beforehand. Interesting. Okay. And Ready? I know Marquez has it right. Flip them and read. Marquez says HTC slash T-Mobile G1. G1. Correct. And I said the HTC Iris. No. But that's okay. They really gave that phone both a trackball and a keyboard. I had it. the Eris. <laughs> full send. The G1. The G1. That's the full yeah, send. It had a trackball. Yeah, it had a trackball. Yeah. It had a trackball it was, and it had a yeah. slot out. Not a slide, but a slot out screen. Yeah. It was a weird yeah. mechanism. It was yeah. awesome. It was a yeah. hinge. It was pretty sick. Yeah, it was cool. I wanted one so bad. <laughs> 
So Android's officially out and on a phone in September 2008, just a year after the iPhone launches, wow. even though it had been developed in the background since 2005. Hmm. Actually, kind of since 2003. Now, I want to flip it back to XDA for a second. Uh, keep in mind that they were founded specifically as a Windows mobile modding blog for the O2 XDA and the O2 XDA only, mm -hmm. which is wild. <laughs> But there was writing on the wall, right? Like, Microsoft is kind of the last company that wants you to modify their OS anyway. So it was very difficult to have, like, modify these O2 phones. Um, and then this new OS comes out from Google, of all companies, which is the, a huge tech company, that is kind of founded on being open sourced and modified. Like, everyone on XDA yeah. wants to just move to that, right? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So I found a couple of different sources for this, um, but there's a blog post from XDA developers from 10 years ago called The History of XDA Developers, which is funny considering it's from 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it says that it took until 2009, the next year, for XDA to realize that they should be allowing Android phones on the forums because it was really originally just for Windows mobile phones. Mm -hmm. But if you look back, um, there were people developing for the, team, the HTC Dream, T-Mobile G1, like pretty much immediately yeah, after it came yeah. out. Yeah. I forgot it was called the Dream also. HTC Dream, baby. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, as soon as that comes out, it just starts buzzing. Like, the Android development is going. And there's kind of this idea that, like, they had to rush it out because of the iPhone anyway, so it was kind of unfinished, you know? So all these developers get their G1s, and they're just like, we can modify this. We can make it amazing. And we're allowed to. Yeah, we're allowed encouraged, to do yeah, it. Like, encouraged even. Yeah. No, I mean, Android was awesome, right? Like, the the iPhone, when it first came out, was really expensive. It didn't have an app store. It was super locked down. And then you have this other option where you were encouraged to modify your device. Yeah. There was this awesome, like, launch phone that came out that everyone was buying. It was super cool. For, um, for, for perspective, the modifying the iPhone software was called jailbreaking. Yeah. That's how locked <laughs> up it was. Yeah. It was pretty locked up. Yeah, jailbreaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and all of a sudden, all of these ROMs start getting put on XDA, right? Because when you take Android and you start modifying it yourself, you can call that your own ROM. You know, you're, you're making it look the way you want. You're adding the features that you want. It's not like all these people on XDA are like working on one project. They're working on a bunch <coughs> of different projects. Mm -hmm. So there's all of these different ROMs coming out. There's slim ROMs. There's paranoid Android. There's dirty unicorns. I use, I use both of them. That's right. God. that's right those are some throwbacks those man. throwbacks i know yeah and people are like people are just flashing stuff every single day yeah. right like that and keep in mind when you flash a new rom to your phone it completely wipes your phone of all apps and all memory and all photos and this all was data the part, this was a time that i got really good at setting up new phones <laughs> i was flashing <laughs> new roms and new updates like every time there was a new dot version update of yeah. like paranoid android yeah and flash new kernel new rom like every couple days yeah and totally there was, wipe everything there were some roms that were bigger that had that had teams that were working on them that would do nightlies yep so, so they would oh. add new features every single night and in nightlies. the morning you would wake up and you would flash your phone and it would wipe all of your data <laughs> and you'd have some slight performance boosts yeah and it'd be awesome it was awesome it was sick yeah. but there was one rom that would kind of change the way that we thought about android roming overall and the drama that would unfold because of this rom in the tech world was legendary mm. i love this drama this drama is epic but we'll get to it after the break Vacations can be tricky. 
You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for the show comes from Anthropic. Companies of all sizes are exploring use cases for AI and finding that it's not a one-size-fits-all game. It's all about finding the right balance between speed and intelligence. Like if you're powering a customer chat experience, you need instant speed at low cost. If you're doing complex R&D or advanced analysis, you need frontier intelligence. Claude 3 from Anthropic offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Claude 3 Opus is their largest and most powerful model that can handle complex tasks and analysis. Sonnet strikes the balance between information and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and most cost-effective model that can execute lightweight actions fast. Anthropic's dedicated to building AI systems that are reliable, interpretable, and steerable. Their multidisciplinary team of researchers, engineers, policy experts, and business leaders designed Claude to elevate the field of generative AI. See for yourself. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. Welcome back. To continue our story, it's 2008. The HTC Dream T-Mobile G1 just came out. And in November of 2008, which again is like immediately after the T-Mobile G1 came out, um, this username Jesus Freak emerged on XDA. Nice. But Freak is spelled F-R-E-K-E, which do you know what that means? No. What is freaking? What does freaking mean? What is freaking mean? But F-R-E-K-E. How much do you guys want to wager? I'll wager <laughs> four points. I will wager one point. Um, flashing, flashing a ROM? No. Okay. I, mine's so vague that it's probably not right. You're probably yet. right. I wrote modding. No. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. He was ready to say no. So phone freaking uh, is something that people used to do with payphones, where they would play sounds into the payphone, which oh. would allow them to make free phone calls. Because each number is a specific tone. Is a tone. Right. Is a dial and all tone. it is is it's and listening. You didn't for have that to tone. pay. You didn't have to pay for the the phone if you were able to play the right sounds wait, into wait, the wait, phone. Because all that's wait, happening wait, on a payphone phone wait, wait, is you're wait, wait. picking it up and it's listening. And when you dial those you numbers... You turn the speaker curious. on. Andrew, that's that's how any dialing of a phone works. Really? Yeah, like yeah. It, it's using the actual... Like so, my smartphone right now. Ellis is quick audio <laughs> lesson. <laughs> is that a, dumb? Yeah. On a nine-button <laughs> phone. Or I guess see, there's 12 buttons. Yeah. 
the rows are all one tone and the columns are all one tone. So you, it's actually each button is playing two tones in harmony de de decided by the coordinates. The frequency interaction between those tones is picked up at the other end and it is connected to a logic board that puts yeah. it all together. It's all sonic. Yeah. So uh, you can dial a phone just by putting a speaker up to a phone right. and, and playing, playing a tone. This is only yeah. like landline phones, only correct? Only okay. landline. Because I think a lot of people listening right now, phone means very different. What's yeah, a landline? Never, yeah. There are some people alive who think they can do this on their smartphone. That's not what yeah. we're talking about. But I literally have never, no, I yeah. can't believe I've never heard They used that. to make these little devices and you could go up to a payphone and like call someone by just playing into that the payphone too for free. That's hilarious. Yeah, it was epic. Wow. Anyway, yeah, Jesus Freak, which was a fun little play on words. Unreal. Yeah. So this user emerged on XDA as the quickly as the maintainer of the most popular Android ROM at the time. Mm. And again, the HTC Dream came out in October of 2008. He was the most popular one on XDA by November of 2008. So he spent all of his time just immediately going and roaming this phone, right? Mm -hmm. And this is people just in their free time. It's not like a full-time job. This is just because you wanted to. There's Amazing. no you're not getting paid to mod on on XDA. Yeah. Right. He's got this quote. He basically says that uh he pre-ordered his G1, so he was one of the first people to get one. And he sort of had to play this cat and mouse game because there was this infamous root bug that didn't allow him to have root access. So he had to try to figure out how to patch that bug to give him root access. And then he got root access, and then they updated it, and it took away root access. Oh, and he, so he just starts basically going back and forth. Mm. But he had this awesome ROM out called JF ROM that everyone just started using for the G1. By the way, root on your phone means that you have access to the root directory, which is this primary folder where like everything is stored mm -hmm. from. Um, and the reason that you usually don't have root access on a device is because it's like if you just if you delete system 32 on your computer, <laughs> it's like yeah. the primary folder that everything else branches from. You could break everything. With you root could access. just yeah. break everything with root access. So, yeah. yeah, which we've all done from time to time. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then in May 2009, Jesus Freak was hacking away, making JF ROM. And this user named Cyanogen made their first blog post mm. on XDA Cyanogen. with the title Cyanogen Mod, optimizing the crap out of Android 1.5 Release 2. And effectively, they were just making a bunch of modifications to Jesus Freak's ROM and enhancing it. They were forking the ROM. Interesting. Yeah. So they, they didn't fork Android, they forked Jesus Freak's ROM. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. That's why it's called Android, right? They've got they've got Android open source project, JF ROM, another fork, Cyanogen mod. Got it. Um so the user's name was Cyanogen and their ROM was called Cyanogen Mod. You know, it's just like, you know, what I found is this this huge project that has all these cool things that you could hack on and you know it's open source and with a little bit of work you could build it for this phone and actually like run it and use it every day so that's stephanie kondik aka the cyanogen um we were finally able to get in touch with her for this episode it was very hard to track her down um but thanks to shen for getting us in contact wow shout if, out to shen yeah if you don't know who shen is he uh, works at htc on vive and he seems to know literally everyone somehow yeah. been on the show before also been on the show before yeah. he's yeah. a really awesome guy he knows everyone that is shen right there if uh audio Friend listeners show. we have a giant cardboard cut out of shen but a quick trivia question what was shen's first job how what much do you guys want to wager are you saying like first job ever 
Um, <laughs> first are we job, supposed to know what Shen's first job was? Ellis. First job on his LinkedIn. On his LinkedIn. Uh, dog I walker. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, I, do you guys want to hint? I would, I Tony, told are we me. wagering He's after that? Sure. Sure. I'll. Do they have to wager for yeah. this? This is really hard. Hint sounds great. Yeah. He's told hint. me before. Oh. We've oh, been what? talking about it on and off this entire time. Yeah. Okay. I'll go with what I was going to guess then. Okay. Ready? I'll wager two points. Two points. <laughs> yeah. Andrew? I'll wager two points. You know you're like Marquez has you know, forty and Andrew has nineteen. You know, I just want to say Andrew carry the one has nineteen <laughs> and Marquez is forty. Um, that's furiously. That's so innocent. Writing. I don't think mine. I'm wrong, but I want it to be right. <laughs> I really want to know what you wrote now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ready? Flip them and read, boys. Flip them and read. Oh, you're a moderator. XDA moderator, XDA developer, reporter. I'll right. do both. Yeah. He was uh, the XDA TV producer from... Oh, uh, what? Yeah, the right? TV producer? producer. Yeah. I used to watch XDA TV videos. Yeah. He produced them. Yeah, that was him? Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Is that insane? Anyway, that was a quick aside. Um, more Stephanie quotes. I don't know. For like somebody who's an engineer, you know, I hate whenever I have a product that like there's a bug in it and and I can't fix it. Like, like I, I wish you, you know, like I can help you with this. Please let me, <laughs> you know, I mean, but I, I understand why the world doesn't work that way, unfortunately, but maybe it could be better if it did. Uh, at the time, everything was really new. So um, things performed really poorly to say the least right there were there was a lot of things that you could do to increase the performance so um you know i knew a lot about that from like working on like data center systems and stuff like that and you know like really like tuning linux and all that so um you know i just really kind of dug in there and tried to make something that went faster and felt like a nicer thing to use you could just make it better yeah, you just make it better. You just, just make like, it better. It's like this, but just like make yeah. it better. <laughs> yeah, right. So especially if you're, if especially if you're an engineer and you're just like using these products and they just have all these issues and it's like you could just, you just want to be able to do that, but that company doesn't let you mess with it. That's frustrating. Mm-hmm. So then you get Android and it's like it's amazing. You can just, you can just make your device better. Mm-hmm. You can just do whatever you want to it. So Jesus Freak and Cyanogen are kind of working on their own stuff. Um, Cyanogen mod was a fork of the JF ROM, and then JF ROM was its own little thing. And then on August 20th of 2009, Jesus Freak decides it's a little too much work. He just kind of calls it quits. He's like, this is, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm kind of bored. But he does do one last thing on his way out. He recommends that everyone using his ROM, which remember was the most popular ROM for the G1 on, on XDA developers, Move over to CyanogenMod. Mod. I remember hmm. that. Yeah. I was going to say, you mentioned drama before, and I assumed the drama was going to stem from oh, no. one mod coming <laughs> so much off of one that already uh, was there. Okay. No, no. So it's the opposite. It's kind of the opposite. Like they're kind friendly. Of happy. They're friends. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're friends. So from here, CyanogenMod just starts growing super fast. Um, Stephanie publishes the whole thing to GitHub so other people can add to it and mess with it, right? Because usually it's just one person update, updating it and you download that, but then she puts it on GitHub so then people can like, they can fork it. They can they can add yeah. things to the core the core build and everyone just starts like kind of jumping on this unofficial team. And I'm responsible for this feature and maintaining this phone and you're responsible for maintaining this phone. Mm. And it was kind of cool because there would just be new phones that come out. You're one of the first people to buy it. You're like, oh, I really want to get CyanogenMod on this. Oh, it's not available yet. I'm going to be the person on XDA that maintains CyanogenMod for this device. Yeah. And it was just... 
no one's getting heroes. paid. Heroes. Heroes. Unsung heroes. Absolutely the heroes of my college career. Exactly. <laughs> I love those people. Yeah. So this is going. The community's thriving. Everything's great. Um, I just remember loving loving the ROM community so much because everyone was so friendly. You could just flash all these different ROMs, and it was, it was amazing. Uh, but then in 2009, there was this event that happened that the media dubbed Cyanogate. And basically, Cyanogen got a cease and desist letter from Google, which is scary. Oh. And Stephanie starts freaking out, right? She's like, damn, this could be the end. I'm scared. Like, maybe I should shut this down. Like, imagine you and a bunch of friends are just kind of like doing this fun project for no reason. And then some company comes out of the gate and sends you a cease and desist letter. Yeah, like if you had a website called League of Legos and then just like yeah. a company just, yeah. <laughs> I, on the other hand, never did anything <laughs> with the website, but CyanogenMod Mod was a real thing. Uh, but basically the problem and the reason that Google sent them to cease and desist letter was that they were distributing Google apps, specifically the Android market. Um, and this one thing happened where CyanogenMod had distributed a newer version of Android market, version 1.6, before Google even publicly released it <laughs> do you know how that happened or? because it gets put in uh aosp but oh. google had not put it like on a device yet and so they were okay. really upset about that okay yeah that's it, understandable can i hop in here yeah boys um it's important to note that at this point in history there's a very 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 murky line between AOSP, like the Android Open Source Project, yeah. and then Google Apps. Right. At this point, like Google Apps are getting shipped on every version of the open source yes. Android project. Yeah. But whether or not Google Apps are open source themselves yeah. is not clear. Okay. Yeah. Defined. I remember that moment. It was very unclear. And so basically this uh, lawyer just comes and is like, hey, it's against our terms of service to ship our apps, right? Because AOSP is open source and you can ship to AOSP. But you can't be shipping Google apps very much. YouTube, yeah. Gmail, Gmail, Google Calendar, mm -hmm. Google Play Store, yeah. Apple, or App Store, sorry. Android Marketplace? Android Marketplace at the time. Android Market. Market. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Stephanie ended up working with Google on this. They did talk it through. It ended up not being as scary as she thought it was going to be. Like she thought it was that was the end. They were going to shut her down. But it kind of was just a like, stop like distributing our apps but like we're not going to stop you from making your rom like keep doing your thing so it's at that point in time where every time you rommed something or you added a you flashed a rom you had to both install the rom and you had to sideload um something called the gaps which is the google apps package yep huh. yeah so you would you would flash this ROM onto your phone, but you didn't have any Google Play services or any Google apps, so it was kind of useless. So you had to force the Google apps onto your phone so that you could have Google Play services. You could use Gmail and Google Maps and all of this different stuff. Okay. So so many memories. Yeah, it was a whole process. Like it got a little bit harder to ROM your phone. It just took longer. It was just two flashes instead of one. It was two flashes instead of one. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. So luckily, uh, Google kind of left CyanogenMod alone after that. They hadn't gone after any of the other ROM developers, but CyanogenMod at that point was the biggest, so they kind of just made an example out of them. And Stephanie says like it was probably just like one lawyer that just got a little trigger happy, you know, just needed something to do. <laughs> I mean, like my heart definitely sank whenever I got it. Why are they coming after us? Like, you know, this is like a 
you know, like, you know, we're helping them. People from the community are like, you know, submitting all this code back to Google. And, you know, we are like, you know, we're creating features that they're like copying and including in, you know, in, in Android later on and stuff. That was what struck me the most. Cause I remember there would be features that you'd see in CyanogenMod or some random mod. And then one and a half versions later, that would show up in Android, whether yeah. it was lock screen <laughs> shortcuts or little settings tweaks or something like yeah. that. I would see that. I'm very confident I made a video about how that kept happening, about right. how these modifications of Android just kept getting swallowed into what Google would ship. Yeah, in the OSP it's kind of like Sherlocking, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, we're just going to take your ideas because all the smartest people don't work for us. Yeah. And we're just gonna we don't have it. to do the bleeding edge like modifications ourselves. We can just see what catches on. Yeah. And then once one of them catches on well enough, then we're like, all right, it seems like people really like this. We'll yeah. There's kind of a lot, but they work through it. They keep moving on with CyanogenMod. mod. Uh, kind of out of nowhere, Stephanie lost her job, um, which was kind of rough for her. But she ended up moving to Seattle because she got a call from no one other than Jesus Freak. Jesus Freak oh. was working for Samsung at the time and a couple of other people that had been ROMing on XDA. Interesting. And he's like, hey, we're doing this work for Samsung. They've, they they kind of have us in this like innovation zone. And this was like the peak point of the Samsung versus iPhone oh. kind of fight when it, it was like the Samsung phones were really the flagship Android phones, right? Yeah. So Samsung was like, we need to like work up our, our war chest against Apple. We have to come up with as many features as possible so that people really want to use Samsung phones. So they basically just recruited a bunch of the modders from the XDA forums. That's not a bad idea. Which is a pretty smart thing no, to do. super yeah. smart. Yeah, and I think that this is actually one of the reasons why um, Samsung OS, Samsung mod, not mods, Samsung's OS has like a zillion features that you never really use, right? There are videos all over the internet of like all of the things that one one UI has that you had no idea you could do that's built into yeah. one UI. And I think a lot of those are a result of these XDA just people grabbing tons of people to come in and work for them yeah. for anything that'll stick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> just make anything that'll stick. It's really awesome. A year into this, Stephanie is still working on CyanogenMod in her free time. I still have no idea how she managed to like work full time for Samsung and do CyanogenMod every night. And put out nightlies every night. I guess I'm also surprised Samsung's letting her do right. that, right? Like, if I were Samsung, I'd be like, I want all of your best stuff yeah. right here yeah. under our... We asked her about that, and she said that it was just kind of a, like, we don't talk about it kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Hmm. Yeah. Which is cool. That's she... the coolest Samsung's ever sounded. I know. <laughs> I wow. Know. Wow. Well, this was, like, back in, like, Galaxy S3 days, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. So, she's working for Samsung, and she's running CyanogenMod at the same time. But she said, uh, she gets this call from this man named Carl Pei hmm. out of nowhere. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> and she also gets a call from a man named Kurt McMaster. Hmm. Um, do you guys probably know Carl Pei? Yeah. He's somehow still in the vernacular of the tech scene because he runs a company called Nothing. That uh, man stays relevant. He stays relevant, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at the time, he was this upper manager guy for Oppo. And he calls up Stephanie and he's like, what do you think about a f making a phone that has CyanogenMod as the OS? Yeah. And I think that he was just like, this would be really, like, a community-focused thing phone, yeah. could be really cool. Like, we could make a Cyanogen phone. She'd actually been wanting to make a Cyanogen-first phone specifically because you would look at the iPhone and you see that it's like, it's this full-stack phone, right? Apple is making the OS and the hardware. 
And you really want to be able to build things into hardware. And Stephanie had been frustrated that she couldn't build CyanogenMon through the hardware. She didn't have control mm-hmm. of that. She only had control of the software. And it was like on these all of these phones and you can you could only do so much with like third party hardware, right? So they start with this conversation and they start to work together and they end up making a limited edition phone that is running CyanogenMod for the Chinese market. What was the name of that phone? How much do you guys want to wager? Ten points. And remember, this is Carl Pei, who was working at Oppo at the time, if that gives you a little heads up. And also remember, you know, this this phone had a non-cyanogen version, too. Yeah. They just also managed to... They wanted to make a special edition. I reviewed this phone, so I should be more confident about this. You did. Andrew, how much are you... Uh, Andrew, how much are you wagering? Five. Five. I'm like half sure. I'm half sure. Well... The thing I'm half sure about, I'm also half sure if that's the correct thing. And then I also think there might be something other than this. Okay. If that makes sense. I think sense. I'm gonna I think I know what you wrote based on that. Okay, I wanna hear yeah. I we both have it written down. What do you think I wrote? I think you wrote Oppo find one. No. Okay. I wrote one plus X. Oh. Wrong. Nope. I wrote Oppo N one. Correct. Oh. Okay. I thought yeah. like maybe it it makes more sense that it was an Oppo phone. Because didn't OnePlus was well, not yet a thing. That's yeah. Okay, and yeah. I'm sure we will get into that. We later. will get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> force, force, force. <laughs> yeah. So at the exact same time as this, um, she gets a call from this man named Kirk McMaster, and there's this quote from Stephanie that's like, "This thing happens in my life where like a lot of stuff just happens at the exact same time." She had Carl calling her up asking to make a phone, and she gets a call from this guy named Kurt. Now, Kurt is an interesting character. Um, you know how Mariah is always making that joke that she's a 10x fintech founder mm-hmm. and CEO? Yeah. I just hope when anyone talks about me in the future, they don't say, so this Andrew guy was an interesting character. It <laughs> I just like doesn't, that intro. It does not sound like it's red flag startup right there. I kind of like it. He was That's a quirky cool. fella. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> He's definitely a quirky fella. Huh. Um, Kurt did have a few big hits for all of the companies that he was founding on a yearly basis. Uh, he actually was the co-founder of Boost Mobile, which Ellis still uses for some reason. Let's go, baby! Boost, where are my Boost customers at? I'll see you on the streets. <laughs> it's a pay-as-you-go phone service that was actually pretty successful for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did some work for Sony. He founded a water bottle company called Core Water. He led digital distribu- distribution for Zedge, that ringtone and wallpaper app from Whoa. decades ago. Uh, he did work for Sega. He founded a mobile game studio. He founded a multi-platform transmedia consumer experience, whatever the heck that means. His list of companies is really long. Um, serial founder. Very long serial founder. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the story behind him contacting Stephanie goes, he had just bought a Galaxy S3, which, by the way, freaking amazing phone. The S3 was like, Not good enough for Kurt, apparently. Nice little OLED screen. <laughs> oh, it was so good. It was so, I pre-ordered that phone. I was so excited about it. But he bought a Galaxy S3, and he thought, or he thought it was the first Android phone that could really come close to competing with the iPhone, right? Because it was so good. It had so many good specs. It seemed cool. But he got it, and he was really annoyed because it didn't have the latest Android version on it. So the latest Android version at the time was Jelly Bean, but it had the one right before it. And specifically, Samsung used to take forever Classic. to push major Android updates. This was a big TouchWiz fault. Also, Samsung had this UX called TouchWiz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that 
don't know what TouchWiz is, it was Samsung's UX at the time for their smartphones, and it was really bad. You can tell how bad it was by the fact that it was named TouchWiz. Yeah. Just think about how bad it must be <laughs> for people to call it TouchWiz with a straight face. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. Now, they re- they literally rebranded it to One UI because TouchWiz has so much bad blood. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the default TouchWiz wallpaper being the like, water or uh, that was one of them i was thinking about the one that was like a cloudy sky oh yeah but then they'd have the giant weather widget which was a different picture of a sky <laughs> so there's two separate yeah. pictures of a sky <laughs> overlaid on HTC top of did that first HTC uh, yeah. annoyingly pioneered uh, the big weather I widget love in the middle. that yeah. dude i loved that, yeah, that <laughs> i love the big htc weather widget um anyway so he gets his phone he's like this doesn't have the mo- like most recent version of Android. This is dumb. Like, why is Samsung taking so long? So he finds out about ROMing, mm-hmm. and he goes um, uh, and he downloads CyanogenMod for his Galaxy S3, mm-hmm. and it already had Jelly Bean on it. It was more stock Android than TouchWiz was. It was just better in pretty much every perceivable way, um, and he's immediately obsessed in it with it. Uh, being a 10x fintech founder and CEO. He calls Stephanie pretty much... The story goes that he calls Stephanie that night, the night that he flashed it on his phone. He found her on LinkedIn, called her up, and says, I'll get the money and be CEO, you be CTO. So he saw an opportunity. He was like, this is really good. Most Android ROMs are really bad. Or most Android UXs are really bad. We can make make a religion out of this. It's like a mini Elon story. (laughs) Yeah. Elon was like, Twitter seems nice. How yeah. about I buy it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but well, he... ironically, if you think about it, this is not that different from the story of Android, right? When they originally pitched Android, they were going around trying to sell this open OS to a bunch of handset manufacturers. Yeah. Now they're like, Android kind of sucks, and everyone's like versions of Android suck. So, what if we just made a good one and we give it to everybody to use mm. as a basis? You know. That was kind of their pitch. Um, so Stephanie seemed pretty into the idea because she wanted to make her own device. Carl Pei had just called about potentially making a new company that was based around her device, which is also cool. And he was like, I'm a hardware guy. Oppo is a hardware company. We can make a new company that can be really, like, really good hardware and really good software. And Kurt had just showed up and it seemed like the perfect kind of mesh meshing of like, I'm an engineer. I don't want to deal with any of the business stuff, but I do want to make my own phone. Everyone else can kind of like do that stuff for me. Hmm. Very quickly after that, Cyanogen Mod kind of gets turned into Cyanogen Inc. Um, and Cyanogen Mod still existed, yeah. right? Because okay. there was a lot of weird, bad blood um, that was happening because the community was contributing to Cyanogen Mod, right? It wasn't just Stephanie that was updating it. It was all these people that were adding to Cyanogen Mod and suddenly they're like, wait, you're making a corporation out of the work that we put into this ROM. Yeah, you're the one making money potentially <clears throat> off of all the stuff that we've done at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't great. But Kurt's big talent was raising money uh, and tons of money. And so he starts going around asking for venture funding, <laughs> not dissimilar to Android. <laughs> and the funny thing about this is they started getting funding from pretty much everyone that had a vested interest in making Google control Android less, right? Because... <laughs> They didn't want Google to have so much power over this thing that seemed to be one of the major 
like OSs in the ecosystem. Which is like one of the things that they developed that for because they didn't want Microsoft to have yeah, all of it. Exactly, dude. It's crazy how history <laughs> does this thing where like it happens again. It just does the same thing over and over again. Yeah, yeah it just repeats. Um, so yeah, Microsoft invests, Qualcomm invests. There's a bunch of these big companies that Microsoft are... Microsoft invests. Isn't that ironic? That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's this kind of legion of like anti-Google Android companies that are like, we want to take away Google's sheer power on this open operating system, Hmm. which kind of makes sense if you're one of these other companies. So Stephanie made it clear that she was still going to be offering CyanogenMod for free to any, like, CyanogenMod, right? Uh There was going to be a difference between CyanogenMod and CyanogenOS. CyanogenOS was the thing that they would sell to a company that already had the hardware but just wanted to, like, have good software that they could just ship. You would charge companies for that. And CyanogenMod was like, if you're a regular person and you want to ROM your phone and throw CyanogenMod on your phone, you can do that for free. And at this point, has she left Samsung to start um, doing this venture? She basically left Samsung to do this. Yes. Okay. I was going to say, that's a lot of stuff to be yeah, doing you got on it. top of... Okay. Sorry, Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure Samsung yeah. would be amped about that, but yeah. 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 So they go around and they're raising millions of dollars in funding. And it was kind of convenient, right? Because Carl Pay had already called and said, like, I kind of want to start a company based on this, right? But they wanted they wanted to maintain control of Cyanogen. So he's like, I'm going to start this spinoff company of Oppo called OnePlus, right? So he wants to start OnePlus, but he doesn't want to do software. And Stephanie wanted to do hardware, but she only did software. So it was kind of this perfect merging. So they already they are getting funding and they already have a couple of clients. They've got OnePlus. They've got they're signing deals with this company called Blue out of Florida, and they were interested in having CyanogenMod on there. So the launch was like a pretty huge success. Um, the OnePlus One came out with Cyanogen OS on it, which was like a pretty. It was a huge, huge launch. It was kind of the original like. Poco phone situation. It was the OG. It was like the enthusiast phone. Because mm-hmm. when that thing launched, you only knew about it if you were kind of following along. You were like, oh, yeah. okay, this, they're going to make a phone, this new OnePlus company. They've never made anything before. Like, And, and they're not in carriers. Like, You have to yeah. know about this stuff to see that this phone is launching. Mm-hmm. It, it hit pretty hard. Yeah. It was this community-oriented device. Yeah. Um, and it was $300 yeah. flagship build and specs. And Sandstone. everything about it was pretty amazing. Oh, Sandstone. I forgot about that that yeah. was that phone yep the original one plus one was 299 but they also had a higher tiered version of it with more uh storage the original version had 16 gigs of storage they also had one with 64 gigabytes of storage how much more did they charge for that much more storage is this the closest one um yeah sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice without going over closest without going over yeah what are you wagering? Two points. I'll wager 15 points. 15? Big baller. I have very little confidence in that 15 points, but... I just want everyone to know that Ellis is watching Marquez's one plus one review right now. <laughs> I shot that on Steven's campus. One of the first videos I ever shot on Red. Oh, wow. One of the first videos I ever shot outside. There's Honey Nut Cheerios in the background. What a course. throwback. Outside? Not the A-roll. <laughs> the first time I've been outside. outside. No, no. In the A-roll. There's Honey Nut Cheerios. Yeah, in the A-roll. But uh, I shot the B-roll outside on campus. Oh. And I just yeah, remember yeah. being outside on campus with a red camera, just like, this is weird. This is weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All, All right. right. Flip them and read. Marquez oh. says, 
$69. Was the question how many more dollars it was or what the yeah. price was? How it many was, more dollars? So the answer is $349. Oh, my um, God. I, <laughs> you have to. Come I, on. Give him the points. Thank I give him the give points. points. I'm going to give Andrew that. All right, not for points. There you go. <laughs> when do we think the most recent comment left on this nine-year-old video was? <laughs> Dude, it could be yesterday. Three hours ago. It could be Three yesterday. hours ago? 12 hours ago. 12 hours ago? <laughs> um, 15 hours ago. It was one hour ago, <laughs> and it says 2023, anyone? <laughs> nice. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So at the time, it just had, like insane specs, insane price, really good hardware, really good build. Everything about it seemed amazing. They don't make them like that anymore. Right? No, they just, they don't. Yeah. I would say the Pixel 7 is like, or the Pixel 8 is like the closest thing you can get. Like, yeah, maybe. But it's still not, it's still not like fastest chipset. Like, it's a little different. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have sandstone. Yeah, it doesn't have sandstone. It Huge. won't, it won't rip the inside of my pants. So <laughs> and scuff endlessly <laughs> till the end of time. Yeah, and you scuff endlessly. Say, I still have the original sandstone one that I had. It yeah. looks awful. It looks, awful. It <laughs> looks so, so bad. bad. It, really? it definitely got, it got the worst end of dang, the, dang. the wear and tear. So things were going really well for OnePlus, right? It was kind of this random company that was like the spinoff of Oppo, which no one in the US or any other country had really heard of unless you're in China. Um, and it seemed like maybe this could work. It's just that like building a phone from like some different OS had never really worked before in the United States. The only other place that this had worked is Xiaomi and TriviaQuet. Well, I just gave the answer away. Xiaomi. Is China. (laughs) (laughs) Is China. All Uh, of my points. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know this, but Xiaomi, the brand, originally started as a custom ROM. Oh. That was, it got really popular, and eventually they just thought, we should build our own hardware. So they started building their own hardware, and then that was really popular. And so they they just kept making devices, and then they started, they just started branching out, and now they're one of, like, the biggest companies in China. So Xiaomi and OnePlus kind of started this with the same similar ethos. Similar, however, OnePlus was sort of, like, an Oppo thing, sub-brand sort of. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so Oppo already had all, like, the hardware stuff, whereas Xiaomi was started by people who worked at like Google and a few other big tech companies, and but in China, hmm. and they were like making their own ROM, and then just decided they wanted to make their own hardware for the ROM. That's was sick. it they made a ROM and it had a huge following, or yeah. just like it had okay. a huge following in China? In China, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So pretty cool. And they thought that maybe they could make uh, OnePlus thought that maybe they could happen make that happen too with uh, Cyanogen Mod. It could be like hmm. this beautiful pairing where. Everything that grows from OnePlus and CyanogenMod are like together and they become this huge company, right? Mm-hmm. But this is where things start to get a little bit shaky. Uh, so investors were starting to pressure <laughs> Kurt and Cyanogen Inc. to actually generate any revenue at all. Um, and they didn't really have a clear path to generating revenue. There's kind of this thing that happens in Silicon Valley where you pitch your idea, but you have no idea how you're going to make money. And then uh, VCs are just like, acquire as many users as you can. Get as many users as you can. Like, get get more people on your thing. And we'll figure out the money later. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't ever figure out the monetization strategy. I guess, so when they joined with OnePlus, it was just like, 
we we're kind of helping each other out here so there wasn't there big money in there I'm there, sure was there was probably not a lot of big money because it was kind of like a launch partner okay, yeah, thing yeah, for yeah. them it was like one of the original things but their their main monetization strategy is we we're going to charge companies to be the os for this device so okay. they were charging OnePlus, but OnePlus was also not enough for investors not enough for investors yeah, right yeah. they wanted to they wanted to scale this mm-hmm. yeah, like as nice. fast as possible classic the investors didn't really know what the main selling point of cyanogen os was going to be like it was cool and they were very, being very brazen, like trying to start this thing that Google owned, but it was sort of an anti-Google thing because you're sort of starting it in Google's, like in Android's own ashes. Yeah. And it's just weird. And they wanted to remove market dominance from Google while being a sub-product of a Google product. It just seemed strange. Yeah, I mean, you got to be worried about that at any time where if your entire product is based off of something and then you... Yeah breach into that something space a little too much yeah are you worried about losing i think the only reason that a lot of these investors felt okay um giving them money and not like not worrying that google was just going to like shut them down at any minute Mm -hmm. was that google would probably get in some weird antitrust territory if they were like this is open source and then they and then they like shut down a thing that starts competing with them you know yeah so that's why they felt okay with doing it um Yeah, but they just wanted to acquire as many users, which was a problem. Then bigger business problems uh, started to emerge. OnePlus had planned to sell the OnePlus One in a lot of countries, uh, including India. And if you know OnePlus, one of their primary markets is India. Um, But Kurt had sold exclusivity rights for Cyanogen OS to this company called Micromax in India, which means that only Micromax phones with Cyanogen Mod could be sold in India. Whoops. Apparently, he did not communicate that to Carl, and so it just got really dicey really quickly. Um, Really quick trivia question. What was the brand of phones in India that was under the Micromax brand? It was a sub-brand of Micromax that ran Cyanogen. And these are the most numerous devices that have run Cyanogen OS. Think uh, Soldier Boy. (laughs) How much do you guys want to wager? How many points do I have? Marquez has 54. Andrew with one, two, carry the one. <laughs> careful, Andrew. There, uh, Careful, Adam. There was a Reddit post saying, anyone <laughs> think that Adam's joke about Andrew's score is getting a little I disagree tired? With them. And then somebody was just like, Andrew needs to pick it up. And the original post was like, yeah, he does. <laughs> so we're good. We're good. Oh, my God. Listen, I only got I, one joke, all right? I Let me I, have it. Yeah. I think I'm entirely too confident about this when I'm... Oh my god. All in. Yes. Marquez, do you plan to counter? One point. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know the All answer. Right. I just All straight right. up don't know it. I can't I can't lose I hope points I'm here. Right. I don't know. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Marquez wrote, says Vivo. Oh. I wrote Alcatel. Oh. Adam, say it with me on three. One, two, three. <laughs> you just Wait, you? I thought the soldier why phone you? was a white label Alcatel no. phone, so that's why I want to tell is a thing though. It, uh, it is. This is you ventures. Anyway, <laughs> this gets really dicey really fast. It starts to be this like all out public dispute that you can watch in real time happening on the Internet between Carl Pei <laughs> mm. and uh, Kurt McMaster. And it was kind of beautiful to play out. Um, Carl publishes this letter on the OnePlus forums that's just like uh, I'm paraphrasing this because it's a bit long. But he says. This week, we announced the OnePlus One will finally launch in India. On October 7th, Cyanogen released an update to comply with Indian regulations, which means that the phone would be able to, the OnePlus One was actually going to be able to work on Indian carrier markets, okay. right? 
Therefore, it was surprising and disappointing to hear from Cyanogen on November, on November 26th, which was a month and a half later, that they had granted exclusive rights in India over the Cyanogen system to another company. So they update the OnePlus One to be able to work in India, and then the next month, they're like, you can't sell this in India. Woof. Woof. Yeah. yeah. Big woof energy. Um, and Carl Pei was just very like, what is going on? <clears throat> so... They start this like back and forth where they're making all these public statements at each other about how the other company is trying to screw them and they're each built on the back of each other's backs. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The back of your back is also my back. You know, that kind of thing. But Carl does say he attributes a lot of OnePlus's success to Cyanogen, which is probably true. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, at the time it was like, there are a lot of like tiny phone brands that could launch that have kind of no name like carl was kind of a no name he was like an upper manager oppo but that's kind of it um and the only reason that the oneplus one became such a big hit was because it it got all the uh, press from having cyanogen mod on it it's funny because like carl pay built a phone based on the hype of a community then the brands that he created had the hype of a community that he then built a new phone off of yes (laughs) which Carl Pei is, is the original hype man. <laughs> yeah. There are also a lot of open letters from the community that are just not too kind to Kurt about this, right? Because imagine you buy a OnePlus One to use in mm-hmm. India, and then they're just like, oh, you can't you, you can't do this anymore. You can't use this in India it's anymore. It's easy for them to pick sides. Yeah, it was, it was a problem. At the last minute, because they could not use Cyanogen OS, they had to build another OS, which was called Oxygen OS. So OnePlus had to spin up this new OS because it couldn't use Cyanogen OS. Mm-hmm. It ended up being one of the most popular OSs in the Android-like world for a very long time. And it was actually not that different from Cyanogen OS. It was very stock Android, very clean, very fast. And that was... Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's ColorOS again. Yeah. yeah well, they made it ColorOS and then they renamed it back to Oxygen just because people thought they were different, even though they're exactly the same. Yeah, it's all naming conventions and stuff. But things just got worse from there. Every time Cyanogen Inc. seemed to land some big deal, things just kind of stopped working. Um, And there's even this crazy thing that Stephanie says that not a lot of people know about that ended up probably being the death blow for the company. You know, we were working on a project um, with with a couple, uh, with a large U.S. carrier partner and a large manufacturer in China. And it was going to be the mod phone, right? We had, in, we you know, we hired industrial designers. Um, the manufacturer built like the first versions of it. Um, it had this like you know really cool industrial design, and we were bringing all these features to it. It was going to ship on a major carrier. We had all the stuff in place, and um, like the worst thing happened. Um, the manufacturer. Um, got hit with a trade embargo from the FTC. Um, And that basically killed the whole project. Can you imagine what would have happened if a Cyanogen-branded phone got launched on a major U.S. carrier? That would have been a very different path yeah, for the for the history of Android. Yeah. Wow. Very different, right? Yeah. And you can kind of speculate on who that major... OEM might have been they got hit from this uh, fine from the FTC. We think we kind of deduced that was probably ZTE uh, because at the time they got hit with this major, major fine. Something to do with giving a ton of money to Iran. 
Okay. <laughs> Lots of US geopolitics going on in here. Nice. Um, but it sucks, right? It's like it's like Cyanogen is just trying to make their phone. Yeah. So if you remember, ZTE had launched this phone called the ZTE Axon M that was an AT&T exclusive. Oh, might have had that phone. It, it was the one of the first like dual screen phones oh. that like it had a screen on each side and it would open up, but it was just two separate screens. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't a foldable screen. Oh, so yeah, like the Surface? Sort of like the Surface, but or it didn't like, It didn't close in on it. itself. It's like the oh. outsides were screens and it would open like this and it was just like flat on the back. So it's a huh. worse Surface. <laughs> <laughs> An even worse Surface. <laughs> anyway, it, uh, AT&T at the time like was more open to launching more experimental devices like this. Mm-hmm. What? Real quick, year-wise, what time period are we this talking was about now? Early 2016 through mid-2016. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. They got hit with this trade embargo. They couldn't do it. And Stephanie has this quote that was like... I, but that was ultimately, like, the downfall. That's what, like, broke my like broke my soul. Um, you know, after, like, we put so much effort into it. You know, we had you know, we had marketing, we had, you know, we, we had the device, like it was built, right? Like it exists. Which is rough because they'd been going out trying to do their original thing of like selling the OS to everybody. And that wasn't working out. And Stephanie had been wanting to build her own hardware for so long. Finally, they're like, we have to make money somehow. Okay, let's build the phone. They go, they build the phone, they have Mm -hmm. everything ready. It's ready to go. And then ZTE, Messes everything up. Allegedly ZTE. Allegedly ZTE. Just in case. Allegedly (laughs) ZTE. So things start getting really bad. They're not making any money. Investors are getting upset. Um, They have a big first round of layoffs in July. Then Kirk McMaster steps down as CEO. How many, sorry, how many people were working for them at that point? I don't have an exact answer, but at this point in time, they had raised almost $100 million in total, and they had two offices, one in Seattle Seattle. and one in Palo Alto. And they they were, like, it was a flush organization. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so Kirk McMaster steps down as CEO, and he sends this email announcing the first pivot of the company to a modular OS. Like, they were going to try to license off little bits of the OS to people that needed it. Okay. Which seems strange. I think he thought that, like, yeah, like, if someone wants the CyanogenGen camera, then we can sort of give them that. Selling it for parts. Self- always a great... Always a great... death rattle of a tech company. Uh, it's like, well, what about yeah. the parts for other things? Yeah. yeah. So they tried to make that work, but but no. The next month, uh, the Seattle office closes. Next month, Stephanie officially leaves after she gets removed from the board because wow. she's having fights with Kurt. She's having fights with the rest of the board. It's it's not uh, it's not great. And <laughs> later that month in December, the final build of Cyanogen OS is released. And then on December twenty fourth, a blog post comes out called "A Fork in the Road." Um, <laughs> this blog post was basically announcing the end and saying goodbye, saying that Cyanogen Mod as well could not go on because the brand was too destroyed at that point, and also because like other people now owned the cyanogen Mm -hmm. brand like they couldn't even do anything with it which is so depressing um but the blog post said cyanogen mod has served the community well over its eight long years it's been our home bringing together friends from all over the world to celebrate our joy of building and giving it's apt then that on this eve of a holiday we pay our respects we take pride in our lineage and we move forward and continue to build on its legacy so cyanogen was dead and with it the ramen community 
was the Roman community dead? This beautiful combination of people who are all bashing together and making something beautiful. Was this the fall of the android Rom? <laughs> it's okay. I have the answer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> and we'll find out after the break. Support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI-powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI Power Gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. So remember that goodbye blog post called A Fork in the Road? I read it with a tear in my eye. Yeah, yeah. I remember reading it in I my did. college dorm. Same. No, I was out of college, though. It was a little later. No, you're right. But I might have still been in that dorm. It wasn't my college dorm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in that apartment for like two more years. He so. like broke back into it just to <laughs> yeah. remember the, the body. Yeah. Hey, it wasn't the dorm, sorry. It was my college apartment. My bad. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway... The the blog post is called A Fork in the Road, but do you guys, trivia question, know what it means to fork software? How much are you willing to wager, Andrew? This is one. Oh, one. Okay. 
if that <laughs> everything all in i feel i have like Mark a i feel like this is gonna be embarrassing if we get it wrong because we've been talking about it the entire episode I just, yeah i don't know i don't want to put too many i i'll do like five i don't know i i have a general concept of what i think it means but with 53 I'm, points you're gonna bet five sorry i'll bet three <laughs> i have to write it uh and andrew said i just wrote branch off from correct okay and i drew a branch correct <laughs> no that's just a y it's a fork <laughs> it's a it's like a two if i fork. drew it in the middle it would be too complicated for this analogy so okay it's yeah a, it's a it's, so yeah yeah. A fork in the road. A fork you know software. That music video of "See You Again." No. You know I, what I'm talking about? By who? See you again. about it when I see you again. Oh, that song. Remember the end of the music video? No. Where no. Paul Walker drives down one way. Oh yes. And Vin Diesel right. drives the other way. <laughs> Wait, are they really in the music in the video? Road? Yeah. And they just drive away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Damn. That's cyanogen. Dang. <laughs> Wow. It's called a fork. In, the blog post is called a fork in the road. And in software, it basically means that you have one line of software and you fork the software. So they this one keeps to be being developed for this use. And this one starts being developed in this direction. And you can eventually end up with very different looking software that started from the same original base. Oh, I disagree with Marquez's model. <laughs> His one went two different directions I instead of straight. Well, that's why the what? Minus three. Minus no, three. what I drove before. <laughs> would you see what I drew before? Mine is branched off from, which is like a branch on a tree. Which I wish I could exactly rewind correct. what I drew before. I had Andrew a circle, an empty sure. circle, and then I had a circle with a dot in it to show that it was the same on Sorry, one side. I, and I don't want to derail anymore, so I'll let you keep <laughs> your three points, but I, right. I think I was more right. I got it. Okay. I got it. So anyway, yes, um, the blog post called A Fork in the Road was kind of a little uh, a little hint, right? Sanjin might have been dead, and they might have been saying goodbye, but reading the blog post again, you start to look a little deeper. It's like Da Vinci Code. A little <laughs> Through a, hyper, through, through a hyperlink, yes. It says, CyanogenMod has served the community well over its eight years. It's been our home, bringing together friends from all over the world to celebrate our joy of building and giving. It's apt, then, that on this eve of a holiday, we pay our respects. We take pride in our hyperlinked lineage as we move forward and continue to build on this legacy. <laughs> and what happens when you click the lineage hyperlink? Boom. <laughs> a fork appears. Lineage OS. <laughs> oh. Thought you meant like a real like fork. an actual Just fork, <laughs> an image of a fork appears. Yes. Yeah. So the first blog post was December twenty fourth, twenty sixteen. It's a Christmas Eve, and uh, oh, wow. it was that, that was our that was our blog post saying this is us, like it's the same people. This is some of the core team behind Lineage OS. Uh, you'll probably learn more about them in a sec. But effectively, what happened is a number of people who had been working on CyanogenMod and CyanogenInc. Inc. were like we're not going to just let this die, right? Sanogen Mod was an open-sourced thing. It's very different from when, like, a company goes under and all the IP that they had just gets destroyed. Sanogen, the name, Sanogen Mod, the name Sanogen OS, the name, was owned by Venture Capital, but the actual code wasn't. So all of the code even developed inside of the, like, offices under the official corporation well, still was open. The stuff that wasn't open source. So they were developing okay. stuff that were closed source for okay. Sanogen OS. Okay. And then they were developing open source stuff for Sanogen cool. Mod. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, they just took Sanogen Mod and they basically forked it, changed the name of all in all the code from Sanogen to Lineage OS. Right? This is the launch mm -hmm. of Lineage OS. So they put out this blog post. It says, 
You've probably read the news articles today. If you haven't, please see the following. Yes, this is us. Lineage OS will be a, contribu- a continuation of what CyanogenMod was. To quote Andy Rubin, this is the definition of open. A company pulling their support out of an open source project does not mean it has to die. And I find that very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So capitalism and venture capital might have destroyed <laughs> CyanogenOS the company, but CyanogenOS lives on. This actually reminds me of a lot of like what happened with Boosted, Boosted Boards. <laughs> yeah. Like if, if you guys haven't heard uh, the Boosted Boards episode, it's audio only, mm-hmm. but basically the same thing. They got a bunch of venture capital, didn't couldn't make enough money, and then they fell apart. And then they got sold for parts. <laughs> a word to the wise. Uh, and, and a million other companies have fallen victim to yes. this. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But, of course, that was not open sourced, right? Mm-hmm. If It's like if it was an open sourced skateboard, then somebody else could take the build, the open source build of the electric skateboard and make a new company based on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but all that IP just got sold to Lime and all that stuff. The CyanEngine project just needed to be born into something else. So the code base was all public domain, but the brand could just be restarted by anybody. Um, I seem to remember this being a time when I started to kind of forget about ROMing, though. You know, this was the end of 2016, December 2016. And if you guys remember, um, the Nexus phones used to be these, like, awesome, incredible developer-focused devices that Google also sold to regular people. You know, it was like they had a different manufacturer make all these devices, I can and, name every single one right now, just in case you're thinking about that being a trivia question. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, but wait, wait, I'm curious. Name them all. <laughs> oh, oh, you like Nexus phones? One. Name every single one. <laughs> <laughs> HTC Nexus one. Then we got Samsung Galaxy Nexus. Then we got LG Nexus four. So good. Then we got let's see Nexus LG 5. Nexus LG Nexus five. five. He's wrong. He loses all Motorola his Nexus Motorola, six. Shamu Nexus Shamu. six. Huawei Nexus six P. Nexus six P. But also Nexus seven tablet came out as well. Yes, that was also LG. that was way earlier though. Oh, sorry. It was called. I'm just se- going in number order. Well, Nexus seven was called seven because of the size, not of the number. Yeah. yeah, and that was made by Nexus seven LG is LG. No, Nexus seven. Yeah, Asus. Oh right, I had one. Yeah. And then the Nexus 10 was Samsung. Yeah. They yeah. skipped so many numbers. Well, those those correlated well, with the size of the screen. Yeah. That was a 7-inch tablet and a 10-inch tablet. Yeah, so where's the Nexus 3? Yeah, there was <laughs> there was no Nexus That's 3. That's what I'm saying. That. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. The 6P and the 5X <laughs> came out. The 6P and the 5X came out at the same time with Huawei being the yep. manufacturer of the 6P and the 5X was LG. Yeah, at the same time. Anyway. I prefer the 6P. The 6P was the last Nexus phone, but... Um, CyanogenOS died in December of 2016. What was launched in October of 2016? Hmm. Marquez, you have 56. Andrew, you have two. What would you like to wager? Anything that was launched. <laughs> um, <laughs> notice that we just talked a lot about Nexus devices. 29 points. We just talked a lot about Nexus devices. And I re- remember Ooh. I was saying... That was kind of around the time that I started forgetting about ROMing, and I wasn't as interested in like flashing ROMs on my yeah. phone constantly. And it was still true that like a lot of features kept getting brought from ROMs, those ROMs into like new versions of Android. Yeah, yeah. It just but kept like, happening over and over. why w- why was I forgetting about ROMing? Like we were doing, they had Nexus devices, and like what happened in October of 2016? First one, they locked the bootloader. Andrew, how many points are you willing to win? None. <laughs> None. Not even gonna guess. 
Is this the first one they locked the bootloader? No. Oh, okay. Well, I wrote Pixel 1. That's true. Correct. Correct. Yeah, Pixel but 1. Did it take to like Pixel that. 3 to lock the bootloader? Um, oh. I actually don't know. They might have locked it in Pixel 1. Oh, right. Yeah. But it was kind of this, it was kind of like this interesting timing where Sanjin, the company, goes under. Sanjin mm-hmm. Mod has to change. Everyone's kind of losing interest in ROMing because, and then the Pixel comes out, right? Mm-hmm. This was kind of like, the Pixel was a little bit less open than all of the other Nexus devices that were made for developers. Like, it was still easy to ROM. Um, Google was still committing to Android getting really good. Uh but they were committing more to Android getting really good than Mm -hmm. before. They wanted to make the Android iPhone, right? They realized we we can actually do this. We want to make a device that can become the bastion of what Android could possibly become. Um, And so it had been a while since Android wasn't very good. And over those eight years since the first Android phone, Google had really built it out. But I think Android was also just more of kind of an open book at that point. You know, stuff was changing a lot. Device, there were more devices that you could actually flash ROMs on. Mm-hmm. Now that you know, there were now more manufacturers had them locked down. Um, and Android just became a more mature operating system over time, right? Yep. Uh, and it just back when it was less mature, it was a lot more fun and interesting to ROM to kind of mess around with flashing ROMs because there was kind of more stuff to do. There were a lot of features that you could add. Every, um, different manufacturers' operating systems were not very good. It was just like, it was in your best interest to be ROMing. So this kind of left me wondering like, okay, so if Android was good now, like what's the point in something like Lineage OS? Like, is, are there any people still, were there any people still ROMing? Like it seemed like, it was. it's cool that you picked up the the pieces of San Engine Mod. Yeah. But there's got to be way less people actually mm-hmm. using it, I right? So. It's got to be way less. Um, but what... I was told by the lineage people actually really surprised me. Um, you would assume that the community had kind of died and they were barely holding on. But how many devices are currently running lineage OS? A, 500,000. B, 1.5 million. C, 3 million. And D, 5 million. All in. All in. Marquez. Do it. Nine, I'm going nine to. nine points. Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting nine points, and Andrew one carry two. the one. Do you have any points, Andrew? Hey, you have one. He's got two. I have two. Two. Okay. Flip him and read. They both put D. Both um, put D. no. Oh. One point five million is the answer. But we well, are optimistic. <laughs> but one point five million is still a lot, and it is. I think that there was a lot of people talking about roaming back in the day because phones were so bad because they didn't have as many features they needed to run faster needed to add things to it and people were just like more willing to be experimental with their devices because they were so bad whereas now it's like most of the stuff the phones do very Mm -hmm. well you know you have to go through like quite a lot of effort to rom your phone. If and you, are you going to get that much out? What of it are you going to get out of it? it? Yeah. yeah, it's not going to double the speed. It's not going to make the camera significantly better. And there's like a lot of things you you can do as well. You can sideload things. Like you don't really need to flash a whole rom. Yeah, it feels like modifying a car when stock cars are so good, and you're like you're you're decreasing your reliability. Yeah, at the cost at the like benefit of not that much extra. Stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. So the people that are flashing ROMs has probably gone down quite a bit. Um, Sanogen Mod, as they say, had a much younger, more excited user base that was like flashing those nightlies and just talking about it a lot. Oh, yeah. Whereas now, if you think about it, kind of everything is a computer, right? Like those uh, those terminals at like McDonald's that order your food run on android what is the computer the quest 3 <laughs> runs on android yeah the switch parts of the switch run on android Pulse Star 2 yeah the Pulse Star 2 has android automotive yeah, yeah all of this different stuff like all of these things run on and aosp which is android open source project so like you know if you could just take something that was a better version of android say lineage os that had been like significantly updated and had like newer android features and just it's open, open source. You could put it on your device. Hmm. Wouldn't you do that instead of using AOSP? I kind of want to know how many of the one and a half million Lineage OS devices are not smartphones. <laughs> are there like refrigerators yeah. running Lineage OS yeah. in like people's basements? Probably. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't think anyone has, any companies have really come out and said we exactly, are using Lineage yeah. OS as our like basal stuff. Yeah. Most of them like, you know, you don't need the latest Google camera app. Like Michelle told us that his printer runs Android. It's got like, yeah, he, like I'm not looked surprised. into it. Yeah, it's running like Android 8, but you don't need like a camera and all this like mm-hmm. latest stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, well, there are, there are still a lot of community members that are maintaining lineage for individual devices. Like, if you go on the lineage website, most popular phones on there are on there. And it sort of works the same way as it worked on Cyanogen Mod, where you buy a new phone, you decide you want it to be the guy that maintains it, you go on and you maintain it. And it's kind of fun, but it's being used a lot in, in just like, in industry now okay which is very different so i'm trying to figure out okay well what really happened to the the modding community right like people stopped using this is it just because uh android got mature and things got good right now you might have heard of this kind of conspiracy theory that's been going around for a while that Google has been taking things from AOSP and instead of updating AOSP they just update them in the Google apps oh. right And this is sort of a major thing that has been happening for quite a few years now. So yes, Android is open sourced. And if you want to use Android, you can use it, but it's like the camera app's gonna be from like Android 8. And this app's gonna be from Android 8. I made a video about this. Yeah, yeah. And they started just like using their own um, stuff in like they have like Pixel X now and the messenger client in AOSP is different from Google messages and like everything is like Google this, Google that versus the AOSP versions. So there's kind of this conspiracy theory that Google intentionally, they need to make money off of Android, right? They originally made it open source because they needed to get as much of a user base as possible. But then at one point they were like, how do we monetize this? We can't keep giving away all the good stuff that we're making for free. This is like the fourth time this has been brought up. Like somebody's like, we got to be. But wait. I got to make some money off of this. (laughs) (laughs) I really want to. I really want (laughs) to do it. Yeah. So I asked a lot of people, right? I asked Michelle, I asked the lineage guys. Like I was kind of like trying to ask them, like, do you think this is the main reason that ROMing has like gotten so not popular? You know, that Google's like taking AOSP and making it a lot harder to like build stuff off of. And they actually think that it makes a lot of sense for Google to be doing this uh, because the biggest reason that they say is that our phones are now a much more major part of the way that we live our lives, right? And back in the day, you could ROM your phone, you could do whatever you wanted, and like you would still go to your bank maybe, and there would be a banking app, 
but the banking app was really bad. It was very new. And as our phones kind of get more mature and have become a more integral parts of our lives, mm-hmm. there have been people at those banking companies that are like, whoa, 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 whoa. This person is throwing an OS that we have no idea what it is and the security features, we have no idea what it is and they're using our banking app on some phone. And so a big reason that both the Lineage OS people and people like Michelle think that ROMing is like getting a lot harder and people are not doing it as much is because now... Google has made it that if you use a custom ROM on your phone, things like banking apps don't work, mm-hmm. right? And imagine your banking app doesn't work. Like that's a major reason not to ROM your phone. You can't use a lot of the f- core features that you would want to use on your device. Yeah, it's not worth it. Anymore. Yeah, it's not worth it anymore. Because like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna get yeah. like you're gonna uh, like unlock your Snapdragon processor and get faster performance. Like, what does that even mean? They don't have my flashlight. but like early on when we're talking about like roming phones and doing it all the time and resetting it and like just so little of your life was on it back then Uh like it was a a device that was an accessory your phone is everything about Uh you at this point there are so many insanely important things and if something were to mess up on your phone you could be really screwed for a while so like it's way scarier to also just like do things to your totally yeah yeah yeah. so security is like very important you know there's security patches and bug fixes all the time just all the time as like it's like it's a rat race as soon as there gets there's this bug that people find out about they got to patch it and then Mm -hmm. people exploit it and patch and exploit it and this whole thing um random trivia question there is a fast food app that does not work if you mod your phone. Which one? Which one? All <laughs> Which of my fast points. food app. Oh, God. Doesn't Andrew, work. You're, you're wagering all of your zero points. I don't know why I feel like I, I have zero points. I thought you had points. two. And then he wagered them all last time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you a credit of 50 100 points. 100 points. Whoa. 50 points? 50 point. Credit. I get 50 because Marquez <laughs> won't What's Marquez? wager more than 10 points. What's Marquez at? 76. <laughs> I've gotten a bunch wrong. Okay. I wager 50 points. There's a... That, the only thing Andrew's is confident about is Taco Bell, but I don't want to say Taco Bell. So that's it's a little bit concerning. <laughs> that's the nicest thing you've ever said about so, remember that there is about. remember that there's a prize. Don't you want to win the prize? Oh, fair. Wow, he got a... Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Well, I'm going to write a fast food app, and but, I don't think I'm right. But what are you wagering? Oh. You said I had what? 70? 76. Six. Six. Six points. Wow. Imagine only wagering six points. <laughs> Andrew could potentially end up owing me 50 points. What? <laughs> if he what gets that mean? You can't, what's the question again? Just so I know. There is a fast food app that does not work if you mod your phone, if you unlock your bootloader. What is that fast food app? That's a good one. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Oh, I saw you write. I wrote Wendy's. No. Oh, God. I wrote Starbucks. No. The answer is McDonald's. Ooh. Yeah. Michelle says he doesn't really know why this is the case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm so sad that I got I, that wrong. Yeah. I have a 
guess. I, I would it, just, it probably has to do with the money thing, right? Yeah, it has to do with GPay. Like I, yeah. I have there's is that what they call it now? Go, is that what the go, kids are calling it Google these pay. days? Google, Google pay. Wallet. Google Pay. Google Wallet. G Wallet. No. <laughs> wallet Pay. G Chat. Google, G Chat. Google Pay. Wallet. Google Holo. Yeah, it probably does like a check, and if there's anything wrong with the OS, yeah. it's like not. It's just funny that it's. That's only McDonald's that does the. Uh, that was the one that um, Michelle pointed out in particular. Yeah, it could be other like Starbucks ones too. does a lot of the same stuff. Well, like when Starbucks you, is a bank. bank stuff. That's, that's I, what I was going to say. Yeah. When you wrote that and how many Starbucks gift cards, yeah, yeah. yeah. that made all That's how sense. Starbucks makes all their money is by yeah. investing your money that you add to your card on the app. It's, yes. They're literally a bank. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's called Starbucks. Hey! <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Minus 70 points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt horrible to say out loud. Yeah. So yeah, security is just becoming really important because our devices are kind of like this one-stop shop. They really are PDAs now. And so as security gets more important, all of these apps are like, I don't want this unknown like mm-hmm. OS to be running my app, especially when it has things like your financial details on it. Because if they get in trouble, they're going to get in a lot of trouble. It's risky. Yeah. So it's getting more closed down. And surprisingly, people like the Lineage OS team and Michelle are like, yeah, that makes sense. We actually totally understand that, mm-hmm. right? So it's not as much of the, like, Google is intentionally trying to make Android harder to use. They really think that the reason is because of security. I'm sure they're also, like, they don't want to be the one to create something, and then that winds up being the reason somebody loses a lot, and then they have to think, like, that's kind of our fault. Yeah. And, like, not not even legally, but just, like, that sucks to think, like, we did something that a bunch of people lost important things. Yeah, yeah. But it is a bummer because, like, even RCS does not work in AOSP. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That like the messaging client of AOSP doesn't have RCS support. That's hmm. funny. You have to use Google Messages, which is crazy. But, you know, the spirit of ROMing is not dead. Um, there's plenty of open source material that's being published consistently. Um, people like Stephanie are a huge open source like people. They like really advocate for it. And I think that even if these ROMs like Lineage OS are not the level of Cyanogen mod like they used to be where the community was like there were so many people and everyone was super excited about it all the time and flashing every single day. I think every community will always have enough people that want to maintain it and just for the reason that they want to maintain it, mm-hmm. right? They're not good. They don't have to make a company out of everything. And that's kind of the magic Wise words. of open source. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to make a company <laughs> yes. out of this. Gotta make money out of this. <laughs> Gotta make money out of this. <laughs> I just remember, yeah, the, the modding days were fun. They were. I had my, and I still have it, the original Motorola Droid that I had. And that phone, I can't believe it still boots. That phone went through it. And that, my Galaxy Nexus, I had custom ROMs. I was overclocking those phones. Yeah. <laughs> I had custom kernels where you could choose, like, all right, let me get up to 1,100 megahertz when the screen is on, but then underclock down to 200 megahertz when the screen is off Dang. and have this refresh rate so that I can, like, cycle between those clock speeds quickly and end up with a faster phone with longer battery life with all these custom kernels. It was insane. Yeah, These phones were cooking in my pocket just trying to get it was it's unreal and i was flashing nightly i was i was doing yeah. all that i was that was that was quite yeah. a time yeah yeah when we was had, the last time you tried to rom a phone i Gosh. i think right around the time that cyanogen was done yeah like i remember being on the nightlies i remember doing a lot of uh, paranoid android and like because mm-hmm. that, that was like an alt rom 
yeah. right around when Cyanogen was super. <laughs> All around. It, yeah, it was like Cyan, Cyanogen was the big one. It's not a phase, mom. <laughs> but there was like Paranoid Android on the side, which is like, oh, this got these cool themes and the, a couple extra kernel features for my like overclocking desires. Yeah. But I definitely wasn't doing it much after like 2015, 2016. Yeah. So. I did it once on my Eris. Nice. Yeah. That's all I remember. Nice. <laughs> shout out to the Eris, man. I just think it's like pretty incredible how important CyanogenMod Mod ended up being to like a lot of stuff that happened. You know, yeah. like OnePlus only really exists the way it does because of CyanogenMod. Mod. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a community based thing that was also built off a different person that built something and then made it to like it's it literally in the history of Android at mm -hmm. this yeah, point and like yeah. Android phones in general. So yeah. that's wild. Yeah. So while we might not d do a lot of roming ourselves anymore. I think it's beautiful that communities will still come together and make open source projects that are really cool. You want to do one more trivia to uh, Can I get 50 more points? Out? Sure. I wager everything. All right. <laughs> Can I get how many points do you have? No, I'll take 50 points. That works. I think I have 70. I think that's okay. Marquez has 70 points. All right. What famous piece of science fiction media does the name Nexus of the Google phones come from? We've definitely talked about this before. I have no idea. The second you said famous region? media, I was I was cooked. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> this famous piece of sci-fi media has androids in it. Star something. Let's go with tri mm, tr androids. These, these androids may or may not be asleep sometimes. And while they are asleep, they might be doing something. All right, what'd you guys get? I wrote The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Is this, is it, uh, I'm going to feel horrible. Did you put I'll Starbucks you, again? I'll give you a hint. The book <laughs> and the movie have different names and I'll accept either. Androids Dream of Electric Sheep and, um, well, or do, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. Is this wrong? He put Star Wars. That is unfortunately yes. wrong. Do David Andrews, is right. And the movie is, um, Blade Runner. Yes. Yeah. The famous, famous media. Yeah. The, in fact... The, Wait, he wagered the, all his points. Right. Marquez wagered all his points and he oh had 70 gosh. points. So now he has zero. <laughs> no. Andrew had negative 50 <laughs> and wagered 50. I did so not wager 50. negative 100. No, but the other one. The Android from uh, Blade Runner, the model is the Nexus 6. What? Oh, yeah. wow. And, uh, and the estate of Philip K. Dick sued Google over it. That's really funny. Yeah. Dang. The prize for the winner is. A lovely 3D printed crown that oh, Tim good. is handing oh, to them. Look at this. You may hand it to Marquez because right. he won with zero points. 3D printed. <laughs> Over my headphones? Tim oh. is placing the nice. crown on Marquez. Beautiful. Nice. Little tiara. All right. It All sucks. A right. uh, little, uh, little spin, I think, on this crown. I think the winner of every trivia moving forward gets this crown. So I like it just that. gets passed around. I like this that. crown? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Write my name on it, and then every subsequent winner should also do the same. There we go. Okay, but uh, it was fun, kind of like recapping on what mm -hmm. happened from the birth of Android up until now, and how important the open source community was to all of that. I mean, as someone who wasn't part of that community and did very little, knew just enough about it to know what CyanogenMod <laughs> was, and then to know about it as an like inside of OnePlus and stuff. Yeah. It's fun to learn It was a crazy that. set of years, dude. Sounds like it something was, I would have been into. And I, I was flashing CyanogenMod nightlies every single day, wiping my device every single day. I would lose all of my data, all of that, my photos <laughs> every single day for no reason, because I was a nerd. <laughs> Same. <laughs> That's you and me both. Yeah. Simpler times. Simpler times.
but it was a good era of Android. Yeah. Zero points. Not about it. <laughs> um, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Remember, there's a reg- regularly scheduled episode for Friday, so don't worry about that. See you later. Peace. Waveformer is produced by Adam Alina Ellis Robin. We are partnered with the Vox Media Podcast Network, and our intro outro music is by Bane Zell. Current Podcast is back with an exciting new season featuring marketing executives from the world's most influential brands. Tune in to hear what's driving conversation in the fast-moving world of digital advertising with unique insights from brands as diverse as Hilton, Instacart, Moderna, Major League Soccer, and more. And in this presidential election season, The Current explores what a national political advertiser like the National Republican Senatorial Committee and a major CPG brand like Hershey can learn from each other. Listen in and subscribe to The Current at thecurrent.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.